Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern podcast. Whoa. Yeah, I just... I've gone for two weeks, <laughs> and you stole that from me. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my cutthroat, line-stealing co-host, Ben Bateman. I couldn't help myself, man. I'm excited. I'm excited you're back. This is uh, it's a big no, day. It's you're, a big getting day. Used, you're getting used to me being gone. I see. You were gone a lot, but I'll tell you what. You're gone I'm happy a lot. to have you back. There you go. I said it. Uh, and today we uh, are talking about many things, but mostly uh, guilds of Ravnica related. Um, that name stresses me out. Oh, I always, why? I almost say the wrong thing every time. I've been saying a lot of return to return to Ravnica, or just mm. return to Ravnica. I've been using the a, hashtag more recently. I think Gil's a pretty good set. Uh, I have to say, like <laughs> we talked about it on the set review, and, and as I've gone back through the list for multiple formats now, you can think about the way standards are going to look, how to roulette, modern. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the cards. There's a lot of cards that I want to find ways to use. Sure. Uh, and that's and, and we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, there's the cards that the obviously good cards. There's even cards that are like. Uh, I'll give you a good example of a card that like we're never going to play in modern. I don't think, but I play in Highlander now because I think it's like kind of an interesting rate. Is the card Glow Spore Shaman? You don't even know what that is, right? It's green black for a three one that when it enters the battlefield, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, and you may put a land card from yeah. them on top. Yeah, we talked about it. It's just like an interesting card where you're like, I could basically play a lower curve and set the top of my library with a land to hit my third land drop and still have three power on turn I two. I mean, it, the thing is in modern, the cards that like there's the there's the green and one. You do that, but you get to put the land in your hand, and right. that's just going to be a better card in modern but when you are in a singleton format where you want multiple of that effect the more the merrier and a three one is a better so i'm saying you get three body power rate. for two yeah. mana like it's it's a cool way to be kind of proactive but also we've got uh we've got our our producer is pointing and, and alerting it's a live show what's going on mike Okay, great. So no no glitches there. But anyway, so it's an exciting set, and I'm, I'm happy you're back to talk about it because there's a lot that's going on. So um, while you are sharing out links quickly, I'm going to just introduce... This I, I is share the, links. Oh, really? Yeah. Can I keep going? Sure. <laughs> this is the Masters of Modern Podcast. We talk about modern here. We're going to be reviewing all the big decks from over the weekend from the Dallas SCG Open. Um, there's some really cool new modern results to talk about there. Uh, Alex is going to sing an a cappella song that he's prepared in his two-week absence. He's ba, 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 I made it up. Ba 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 ba. <laughs> you have to do the. I can't. That's an acapella. Can't be one. Yeah. That's like a solo. Ooh. We got Jeff Roberts tweeting a cool list to you. He says in the chat. Sweet. Uh, uh, I'm Alex Kessler, and you can find me on Twitter at Kess Wiley. And I'm Ben Bateman. You guys can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Basically. And this podcast is at the MM Cast. And if right now, if you're watching the live stream, you can actually go submit a sweet deck list if you have one, because we'll be talking about sweet deck lists, and maybe we'll look at the one you guys send us on Twitter. And also, we have a YouTube channel, which if you're watching this, you know that. Please subscribe, comment. If you're listening to this on audio and you want to help us continue to grow, guys, because that is what we're trying to do is get bigger, more presence in the world for the Masters of Modern Podcast. Been eating a lot recently. Yeah. Just gain some weight. <laughs> we're growing a lot. Go subscribe to us. And find us on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash the MM cast. Um, that is the thing. And we have new new stuff coming. So uh, that is the intro. I suggest we get into the weekend results. Let's talk about SCG Dallas, the modern open. Okay. It was won by four color Death Shadow by Peter. Holman. Death Shadow's back. Don't you feel like Death Shadow has kind of been the deck that's just like lingered for a year? It's like it had its, it had its two months in the sun at one point. Remember when I was like, let's ban Death Shadow. I, I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. 
bringing that meme back. I remember it as well. <laughs> this is like a combination. This is a combination of the Grixis Shadow Lists that eventually replaced the Jun Shadow Lists, and then those original Traverse Jun Shadow Lists. It plays basically both. both things. Yeah, it's just a combination of both things into one uber uh, Death Shadows list. It's like I'll play one copy of Gorklan Rampager in the deck, and I'll still keep my Traverse package. I'm really excited about that Gorklan Rampager. That's a card that like hasn't shown up in modern since it was in standard, and now people are like. This card. Remember, there was a point when there was that gruel all-in mm-hmm. modern deck for a second that played four of these. It played four of those, four of your burning tree emissary. Yeah, yeah, it played, yeah, yeah, Goyfs yeah. and just it was, it was powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and like it was it really like had fast. turn three kills, right? Like, yeah, it was like really, that's, really. That's fast. basically become goblin bush or a, a whack, right? Yes. Like bushwhackers replaced Gorkplan Rain Pager because you're just going wide is better than going tall. Totally. So yeah. So th- I mean, this deck is pretty sweet. Uh, there's like nothing crazy here. It's got two copies of Assassin's Trophy in the sideboard, which. Is a newer card, obviously, but otherwise, this is just what we've come to expect. Interesting, the board, which is fascinating. We'll talk about kind of winners and losers. Like, basically, the segments for today is going to be we're going to talk about this tournament, we're going to talk about some sweet brew ideas, and then we're going to talk about winners and losers in yeah. from RGR. Yeah, modern winners and losers, cards that have uh, disappointed, cards that have been winners. Uh, we're going to go through each of those things. So uh, uh, the, the big thing that's happened, and you can see it here, is that Dredge is back in a big way, and just Creeping Chill has made that deck so much more powerful. The two and the three slot here at the SEG tournament, Ian Thorne and Alec Jones take second and third. Let's compare the list. But even if you go to the top, like, 18, there's one, two, three, four, five, six dredge decks. Yeah. Yeah, four Creeping Chill in the second place list. Uh, Pretty much what I expect. No, it's going to be pretty standard. I mean, it, it... Messing around with Creeping Chill on Arena in Standard, which I know we don't want to talk too much about, but that card is what made that deck possible. It's like that in Arc Lake Phoenixes, where I'm just right. self-milling with that dumb, the blue enchantment that mills you when you cast blue spells. And th- you underestimate how much of a life swing three... And then the second one, six, you know, uh, damage, and then you gain six life. So you're just so much farther ahead of them. Uh, and they're, it's already a deck that's putting them on the back foot. So just free burn spells is really good. Can burn beat a Creeping Shield Reg deck anymore? Is it, is it possible? I mean, it's probably it's possible. You can always stumble. Seems like I've definitely like difficult, like though, right? dredged and then got like five lands off of a, uh, a stinkweed imp, and then like, oh, I have no way to do anything anymore. But yeah, the math on the math on your chances probably gets so much worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, it becomes much, 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 much. Like you probably worse. you probably just hemorrhage like fifteen percent. Right. Just just based on that one card. But yeah, these two lists look pretty similar. Um, the sideboard is nothing too interesting. Uh, yeah, but definitely very, very cool to see. The I'll other, the other, the other big news from this tournament though is like, there's a lot of returns here. Speaking of returns, of returns to Ravnica, humans and infect. Humans took three of the spots, and then infect took number eight. So yeah, looking at these humans lists, you know, again, we we've seen a lot of consistency from these humans lists for a while now. Um, you know, this this main deck here is not playing any copies of our our girl Knight of Autumn. Girl, girl Knight of Autumn, yeah. yeah. The female knight of autumn. It's three females. It's three, three females. Three female knights. Um, but it is playing three copies in the sideboard, and I think from what I have seen from the people that have been playing, it does look like that is a pretty standard play. You've got two copies of it in the sideboard over here in the second list. Um, yeah, Tagic. Look at that. You seen this? Yeah. Two I, 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 I saw that Tagic is seeing some play in humans. It's it's. Really good because it just turns off Lightning Bolt, or they have to bolt him, and he's going to get damage in, and it makes your other threats bigger. It's a new legendary creature. It's a human soldier from uh, uh, Guilds of Ravnica. White, red, one for a 3-2 haste with Mentor. Prevent all non-counter damage that would be dealt to other creatures you control, uh, and you can give him first strike for Boros colors. 
That's pretty interesting. I, I didn't really register this card as as like relevant to humans. We, uh, if you're playing RG, like if you're playing the limited format, you realize that this is just an insane card in limited. Yeah. But humans is basically a weird limited deck that's working, right? It's like <laughs> it's a bunch of random dirtily two drops that like all are kind of fine, but then because they all just stop your opponent from doing anything, and then this guy lets you kind of do big swings into blockers that let you win the game. And he pumps one of your things to make him bigger. Every single one of these lists was playing at least two copies of that about on the sideboard. That's interesting. Um, eighth place is Infect. Thomas Berry playing Infect. Zero uh, Guilds of Ravnica. Just the metagame has lined up where Infect is good right now for whatever reason. Um, yeah, this is like, I it, mean, we've, we've seen It probably this, has like, a, like, speaking of having a bad matchup against Dredge, for Burn, I would guess that Infect actually is a pretty good matchup against them. They can't really block anything you're doing very easily, and you're more aggressive than they are. Yeah, and it's, I mean, this is this is a fast deck. Like, you know, this is the kind of deck where humans can try to disrupt you, but mm -hmm. if you can get around them one of their tricks once, you can just close the game out. Right. That's how fast this deck is. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously, like, your single copy of Spellpierce here in the main is not very good, but if they, I don't know, like... Like what's what's something they're gonna do to you? So like if they look at your hand with a kite self rebooter and they take one of your spells, but you've got one other, mm -hmm. like you know what I mean? Like you play such a density here, like you have such, such well, a density of threats. Like your rancor is really good against them. Um, yeah. And like and, and one of your main ways of killing people is a flying land. What does humans do against that? Like they have to try to block with freebooter. I mean that's like right. a more mantis rider, but that's too slow against you probably. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get it down on turn three. Like yeah, I mean this this deck is. This deck is going to get around their blocker or their piece of disruption, mm -hmm. or it's not, and you'll get on the back foot. But what's cool about this deck is that as long as they're not killing you super fast, you can you can sculpt your hand and be like, okay, he's going to attack here, he's going to do this. Right. You know, that's uh, so that's pretty cool. And I agree with you. Yeah, your, your, your flying land is the thing that really makes this deck great. So, yeah, but zero copies. Zero copies um, of uh, Gills Ravnik cards. And the, and the last card that rounds out, rounds out, grinds out, rounds out, rounds out the top eight is Model Green Tron. Yeah, single copy of Mono Green Tron, which uh, Tannen Grace was playing to a fourth place finish. Actually, um, friend of the cast. I know Tannen. He's really, really nice. Yeah, uh, hung out with him and Ruben at GP Atlanta, um, awesome. and he's Ruben Bressler's like old roommate in Vegas and or before Vegas, I forget. But yeah, zero copies of cards from guilds in this deck in this set as well. Just doesn't want to do anything new. Sticking yeah. to his guns. Yep, old cool. school. Yeah, but really good, really powerful. I mean, yeah. this is Mono Green Tron. It's funny how, it's funny how the way that these decks work. Like you'll see one person adopt one thing, then the rest of the world adopts it. Then there'll be some offshoot deck that comes out that's like involving that thing, mm -hmm. and then some piece from that offshoot deck will then come back to the original version. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, when people look back on it, that's the thing everybody plays now. Right. So like when Eldrazi Tron came out and a Walking Ballista became a four of, now Eldrazi Tron's like not really a deck anymore. But now regular Tron just plays three to four ballistas in every single deck. Right. right? Well, and, and something that like I find interesting, and, and Mono Green Tron and Infect doing well here, I think, are actually good representations of that, is the way Modern leans out, I would say like 40% of the field is playing something metagame. They're playing something new. They're playing something good that they've been working on. They're trying something out. And then the rest of the metagame is just playing the decks they always play. You know, like Tannen probably, and I don't know this for sure, but like plays Green Tron regularly. Uh, the guy who plays Infect has probably been trying to make Infect work since Infect was in fact and right. the scg players are like that scg players right. are way way more classic sports where like i have my move that i do and this is what gets me where i get right 
Yeah, and like you and I have talked about this a lot. How like that's that's why you watch tennis. You watch because Sharapova has a great serve. Like, right. She does her power, and that's what you want to see. And, and and I've often said that tennis and Magic are like very comparable in the way like tournament structure ways and the way you watch players. But the thing about that is it means like modern tournaments are very interesting representations of metagames because you'll have this kind of situation where it's like, oh, these six decks are like humans doing well and Dredge doing well are just like, this is what's good in the metagame right now. But then Mono Green Tron and Infect doing well means that like these decks are weirdly well positioned here by accident. Like Infect just like did well this weekend because all the decks that are good this weekend happen to put it into a favorable position. It's why like Elves or Merfolk or Affinity will randomly just take down a GP is because that weekend that deck was good because the metagame kind of lined up for it. And it's kind of a cool way to see like the outliers in top eights like this are the ones that I'm most interested in because it's you're seeing a new way of how the format is shaping out. 100%. So that's uh, that's the big results from over the weekend, guys. Uh, there was no modern GP this last weekend, but we will keep our eyes open for other competitive stuff. Uh, you can expect to see a segment like this at the beginning of the show every week from now on. We want to make sure we're giving you guys the big results from the tournaments over the weekend. Um, mm -hmm. Other big news from over the weekend. I will say, oh, wait, before we, I, I do want to say the top five cards from the tournament, which were Noble Hierarch was number one. Okay. Uh, Nature's Claim, number two. Faithless Looting was number three. Phantasmal Image was number four. And Aether Vial was number five. And then just Dredge Cards. Yeah, After it's that, of, it's a lot of humans in those those wilds yeah, and images. Yeah, and image is so good. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite cards. And then faithless looting is like the key card out of dredge, it and it's good in decks so that aren't dredge. Nature's claim is one of the best sideboards out of dredge, and then no, but is in other decks. And the noble hierarch is in humans. It's in. Uh, it's in humans. It's in infect. In fact, it's, it's in, in yeah. Bant spirits. It's in everything. Yeah, that card's powerful. Cool. Um, yeah, there was there was uh, other news from over the weekend. I know that there was. Uh, we'll just briefly touch on this, but there was a scandal and a firing over at Star City Games. Um, oh yeah. Which was I read about it very very briefly, um, but it sounds like there was some harassment going on internally, and that was a big story. So uh, obviously, you know, on to bigger and better things for a company that doesn't want to be involved in a yeah. harassment scandal. So. Um, I don't think we'll name names. If you guys want to look up that story, feel free to look it up. Sure. So um, other than that, I think we should probably get into sweet decks that we have seen or want to talk about. Because the 16th place deck in this tournament is is it spells. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, let's all talk, call it what it is. This is an Arc Lake Phoenix deck. And oh, that's, the other big, that's like the other big piece of news, actually. Is that Arc Lake Phoenix went from $2. Yeah. I, bought, I bought 32 copies at $1 because I was... Uh, probably inebriated and saw that they were a dollar. Let, let, let me clarify yeah. exactly what happened. Okay. Because we did the show and Alex was like, this is the new Vengevine. And I was like, yeah, this card's pretty good. And then we were in Dallas at Toy Fair and we had like had like a very long day one all setting up. And I was like, yeah, I think the card's pretty good. I think we should buy some copies. And Alex was like, I bought a bunch last night. So then I got on my phone and I bought 12 copies. And he's like, that's exactly how many I bought. Flash forward to Alex realizing that he was in fact drunk. He bought 40 <laughs> copies. He got 40 copies at a dollar fifty. I yep. got mine at like three twelve, and it's like eighteen bucks. Uh, so I thought I bought thirty six. I, I bought thirty two. Four of them were Steamkin. Mm. I bought that at like three. I was just like, oh, this card's probably also a thing. And then I just went deep. I like love this card. I've been playing it's it great. in every format I can. Uh, so finally, and the the internet has been telling me how wrong I was. There was a thread that Michael Producer got involved in when I was in Hong Kong, uh, which is why I wasn't here last week, um, defending the cast. But someone was like, you know. I'm like, Phoenix is bad. Why am I wrong or whatever? I don't get it. And then everyone was like jumping on it. And then Michael was like, no, people are like good players are talking about this card. Wait till people test with it. It's a free three, two. It's not a four mana card. And then 
bam, the internet took over Storm. It's so so, so <laughs> let's, let's talk about this card for a second because it's, it's cool to see. It's always cool to see when a mythic from a set that you like shoots up because it makes you feel like you're right. Yeah. Like, that's great. I love that feeling more than any other feeling in my life. Yeah. It's a great feeling. <laughs> you love to be right. I understand that. Um, and this card is really powerful. Mm-hmm. I think this card is going to make a pretty real impact in standard. It doesn't have as many... It doesn't have legs quite as far in standard. I think it's doing fine in standard, and Michael will shout out right now saying that he's playing it in standard. But I think that the thing... And we have like four lists here of modern lists playing the Phoenix. And the one that the one that's important is at the SEG event, the 16th place deck was... Uh, who's the player? Everton... I'm never going to pronounce it. M-O-U-G-H-O-N. Mohan? 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 Mogan? Mogan? I don't know. Okay. Everett, I'm sorry that I'm... We Everett. apologize that's your name. Everett is his first name. It's not Everett. It's E-V-A-R-T. Everett. <laughs> My wife is great, but remember that time I specced an Arclight Phoenix? But Bedlam Reveler... And Arkley Phoenix and Thing of the Ice and Jace Fringe Prodigy are all like cards that definitely make sense together, and then just a bunch of really good spells. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I mean, I think this card is great. I think in modern there, it's it is definitely legit. I think that that's no question about that. I think it's a weird card because well, there's weird the, keys to it. One of them is that it comes in at uh, beginning of combat. combat, right? So yeah, yeah. So it's it has yeah, it has a different trigger step than a lot of the Phoenixes ever have, or like. More specifically, Vengevine. So uh, the most comparable cards, I think, are this and Vengevine. This one, you know, you play good spells and you get a good card out of it. Vengevine, yeah. you play bad spells and you get a good card out of it. But uh, the other thing is that the problem with Vengevine was always the cards you play are things that get stuff into your graveyard. Like you play the new creature, the one the one drop black one that makes three cards go in your graveyard. But the supplier. Stitcher Supplier. But the moment you get the second one in the play, or the moment you cast it, it's not even ETB, the Vengevines come back and then that's it. Right. You have to cast two more creatures to get any additional Vengevines you might get back in your graveyard. This, you can cast 30 spells before you actually get to your attack step. And then if you happen to accomplish your goal, any Phoenixes you put in your graveyard come into play before combat. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's one of these cards where you are rewarded, like Vengevine, you're rewarded for a 60-card format with a density of strategy versus mm-hmm. like Correct. playing this in a format like Commander or Highlander where it's just not going to have the impact. It's a cool card. But you can't do it. It's, oh yeah, and it's and in standard, like you're so specific. But in modern, it's just right because the power level is not legacy level. So it's like legacy can do great things. Modern is perfect for this card. It's just. Oh, right. I think this card's probably really good in legacy. I mean, like the thi- like the thing that benefits this card. I mean, and, and I, I, I'm willing to be proven wrong there because my understanding of legacy is limited. Yeah. But the thing that benefits this card and does well, legacy does so much better. Like manipulating the top of your deck, casting a bunch of spells in one turn, a bunch of one-drop card manipulation spells, this card. Yes, I agree. What I mean when I say this is, Legacy's faster, Dredge is faster, Legacy Dredge is faster. You can do that, and you will not be able to get to the point of combat where you're attacking and winning with this card. You'll just die, and you won't have Force of Will. Whereas in Modern, you can, and the fastest decks against you in Modern are not fast enough to get around this, and you and they can't interact with you in a way that's totally unfair. Well, but, so this isn't a speed thing. That's the thing that I think people kind of took into this card originally, and some of the decks out there are trying to be as fast as possible. What this card does is it closes out the game. You're playing a spell, thing in the ice, you know, trying to stop your opponent from doing stuff, uh, you know, getting advantage and playing a Bedlam Reveler to get like a big threat in the play and start kind of being down, and then. 
on turn five, you happen to swing for nine damage in the air at haste that they can't stop. Like, it's not a, so I'm going to kill you immediately. Let's break it's, down Everett's list, because this, yeah. is, this is the 16th place list. Right. So you have yeah, four Arc-like Phoenix, four Bedlam Reveler, four Thing in the Ice, two Jace Friends Prodigy. So all cards that have seen modern play other than Phoenix. Mm-hmm. The sick card over here in the spell slot is you have four copies of Fiery Temper, which yes. I know every single person that has ever played a deck that involves the graveyard has wanted to make this card work. Mm-hmm. And you've been seeing a lot of this because also there's the uh, the the card that I did not win on. Um, fire, not Fiery Temper, that's this card. Uh, <laughs> three mana... Risk factor. Risk factor. The one I was right about. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> you were right. You bought thirty-two copies. I bought zero. You were right. <laughs> That's the reality. Well, I don't think ri- risk factor is also a rare. Like the reason I bought the Phoenix is I was like, this is a low. Like thirty-two copies literally cost me thirty bucks. I'm just saying you doubled down on what you were right about because you bought thirty copies, and I was like, risk factor is good. I think you won the battle. Um, well, but I don't. I don't think risk factor is ever going to be over four dollars. Or I, like it may be ten at most, and that's if it's the most played. St- like I don't think that's happening. It's symbolic. Why are you arguing about being right? You already are right. Stop arguing to make me wrong about you being right. <laughs> uh, so fiery temper, sweet. Is it charm? The the like redheaded stepchild of decks like this in modern that always is the card, and then eventually gets subbed out for not the card you want. I don't think it will here though. You think it's perfect? Well, I think like the draw two, discard two, and is a spell is like super relevant. Yeah, well, because it's it's just another it's it's faithless looting plus other things, and faithless looting is the best card in the whole deck for what you're trying to do. But I think this is better than like the the only other card I can think of that would really play over this is something like Cathartic Reunion, and this is just better than Cathartic Reunion and what this deck is trying to do because it does do the things you need of killing creatures, countering spells, like stuff that you would want to be doing. But then also when you're ready to go off or ready to just just like oh I've been whittling you down with my you know Bedlam Revelers and like whatever I got off with thing of the ice and then you can just cast this and get your phoenixes in one of the most interesting things about this though is that this is, and this is this is proof to your point right now it's playing four copies of visit charm but only two copies of thought scout yeah that's kind yeah, of fascinating yeah. because like if you were to ask me like in a vacuum in a blue red spells deck that's uh, there's no question that i would say play more is it charms than thought scours thought scours would be one of the first cards i put in the list mm-hmm. And I actually think... I guess it was the first. I think it was probably the second card after Faithless Looting. I think that after we this deck gets played, I think it's going to be more so Thoughtscour. Thought I've been messing around with the blue-red spells list on my phone, and I have Thoughtscour in there. It is a little lower impact than I want. Um, it, And we'll see. Like We'll see how kind of the format shapes out. It, it definitely feels like just the the... The is it charm is giving this deck interaction that it doesn't really have on any other card. Like it has lightning bolt, is it charm, and fiery temper, but it has no other way to stop your opponent from doing anything. Did you just say fiery temper. Fiery, fiery, <laughs> whatever. Okay, you're We're my favorite on. person in the world. <laughs> I'm glad that makes me happy. I'll take that. I'll take saying things wrong. Um, it's because the best part is that you say it on cards you've said right in the past. It's like something about you see the letters and you just decide that you're going to say, like, Sage. Even though you've said Siege correctly, mm-hmm. you go back to Sage. Mm-hmm. You just called it Fiery Temper five minutes ago. <laughs> I, I can't control the way my mouth works. This, right. is, uh, this is what happens. All right, moving on from making fun of you. Um, it, is, it is notable that in the sideboard of this list, by the way, um, it's playing two copies of Alpine Moon, which, like, has been really bad, hasn't it? Haven't people struggled to make Alpine Moon work? Or have I been missing it? It's like literally bad. I, I don't. I don't think it's bad. It's just a sideboard card. Like, yeah. I mean, I, it's just like in the way that people were like, "Yeah, uh, Damping Sphere is not as good as you think." People are still playing it. Alpine Moon was the same thing. I thought no one was playing it. I guess. I guess my point when I say like it's a sideboard card, one person's playing it. Oh no, it's one 
It's one mana. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it I, I also just think, like, sideboard cards take a while. You need the right deck. Yeah, a deck yeah, needs yeah. to try it out. Like, oh, this works exactly what I needed to. And, and also, this is the exact deck that wants Alpine Moon because it needs something that's just going to slow Tron down for two turns so you can get a big swing in on turn four versus them winning on turn three. Um, quickly before, just as we finish out, you know, that deck before we get into our brews here, yeah. I do want to talk about the fact that Bant Spirits has become such a thing because mm -hmm. there's three more copies in the next, like, ten decks here. Right, it just um, didn't top eight. It like made it, but not top eighting. And this is playing a lot of the cards that we would expect. Like it's it's ever since the printing of Supreme Phantom, this has just become like the flying flash humans version. It's like somewhere in between like what humans is doing, what fairies used to do. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of what this deck is. And I think people were looking for a way to combine the power, obviously, of Spellqueller with something that was going to make this deck like a little a little faster. And so mm -hmm. Supreme Phantom gets you there. Um, Where was this SCG event? This was Dallas. Dallas. Why is it? Okay. Because uh, I'm looking at... Sorry. Keep, keep going with it's, Spirits. It's, I, I was like... If I was to ask you a year and a half ago, before the printing of Spellqueller and mm -hmm. before the printing of this card, uh, Supreme Phantom, if I was to say, if a modern Spirits deck ever becomes Tier 1, will it play Lingering Souls, yes or no? What would your answer have been? Yes, it would. A hundred percent. There'd be zero question in your mind that if there was going to be a Spirits deck in Modern, it would have to play Lingering Soul. Sure. Because that card is so good. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing any deck that's going to take advantage of and black, And black has been a classic Spirits color, so it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. You're it's right. shocking to me that Bant, of uh, all things, I guess, a blue-green deck in Modern is the Tier 1 Spirits deck. I guess Collected Company does... I guess, like, if the question was, will a deck that's playing Spirits play black-white? And, like, how involved is Collected Company? Because, you know, we've ha basically been in a situation where if you're a tribal deck and you have any access to green, you're playing Collected Company. And Yeah, I mean, Coco is really powerful. Yeah, but I, even Merfolk doesn't do that. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's interesting. So, But anyway, that's... Uh, uh, but speaking of... Uh, on the Collected Company trend... Go ahead. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, uh, before we get into the brews, I do want to bring this up, uh, is uh, there is one deck in this top... He they he placed twenty second place, top twenty four. <laughs> keep it keep moving the the goalpost. That's playing Night of the Autumn in the main, um, and it's a band company deck. Sweet, and it's dope. It's birds, Noble Hierarch, Voice of Resurgence, Corsair Crucifix, Geist of Saint Traft, Night of the Autumn as a two of another Reliquary, Reflector Mage, Renegade Rallier, Spell Queller, and Tyler Tracker. Just like Bant plays one Dramoka Command. Haven't seen that in a while, and four Collective Company. Sick. Um, Alex is aware that it's not called Night of the Autumn. He's doing it for comic effect. So yeah, just uh, pointing that out um, for the comments to not to not rip us apart. Uh, this deck is sweet. Plays tons of good cards. Right yep. Rallier. I ordered like all the stuff recently that like all this like alpha and beta stuff that I was trying to get for investment. Okay. And one of the orders, somebody was like, they packaged it with I think that foil um, F and M Night of the Autumn. <laughs> No! No, damn you! Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're accepting my brain. I've won. Everyone uh, just realized that I won. Uh, that foil. <laughs> it's not even Night of Autumn. It's actually, I'm trying to say Renegade Rallyer. He put the foil Renegade Rallyer in as like a thank you for buying from me, mm -hmm. um, which is so cool. Yeah, I yeah. love when people do it because I don't think it's worth very much. I think it's like a dollar or two maybe. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it's so nice when people do stuff like that when you order. It's like literally giving you a $1 discount, but you feel so cool getting a sweet foil. Right. Right. I have to tell you, there's probably few things in Magic that I like more than, than weird, free stuff. No, than weird um, <laughs> foils. Yeah, like 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 non-traditional foils, right? Like like promo foils, FNM foils, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even matter if the card's like a dollar. I don't even care. I just sure. like it. It's like sure. you know. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Bruce. So, do you want to start or should I? 
You, you, you start. I'm, look, I'm looking at some of the brews that people have submitted through the chat and looking for ones that have uh, Guilds of Ravnica cards. Cool. None I'm of them go, have Guilds of Ravnica I'm cards. I'm going to jump in first. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So actually, because we're on an Arclight Phoenix train... You want to talk about your brew with Arclight Phoenix? I don't actually think it's that good. I think it's fine. I just want to talk about it because it's a it's a continuation of another deck that I had done. Sure. Um, Dredge Light about Phoenix? On the, yeah, exactly. I talked about it on the show at one point, and so I feel like probably it's worth talking about here um it was called well, while you're, while you're looking up i do i do uh, so they have a ponza deck here that got 10th place Saw that, yeah. uh but they call it gruel land destruction where do you sit on the ponza versus gruel land destruction why was train? it called ponza in the first place it's like what the original land destruction deck from back in the day is called so you're you're against Ponza, it sounds like, because you don't even understand. Well, like, so there's those there's those deck names that come from somewhere, like mm-hmm. back when like Solar, like Cheerios, like, yeah, Cheerios, Solar yeah. Flare, like these decks where you're like somebody comes up with the name of it because of like a character on a card looks like something sure. or something, and then that becomes what the deck is. And if you come into the format later, or the deck comes back mm-hmm. years later, you have no idea why the deck is called that. Ponza is it something with like. Like, here's what I think of. Ponzu sauce, which I love. I do love Ponzu sauce. <laughs> Ponzi schemes, which Bernie Madoff went to prison for. Sure. What the hell Very is Very specific reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd actually, chat, do you know what Ponzi is? It's named after the pizza place that the creator frequented, says someone in the chat. There you go. That's what Kevin Ash says. Thanks, okay. Kevin. I believe that. Thanks, Kevin Ash. Um... I think it should be called something else. I don't know if it should be called Green Red Land Destruction, but it should be called something else. So I guess I guess my point is is that if the community is calling something something, for whatever reason, does that name hold value over a generic name that, for instance, there could be 12 different versions of Gruul and Like, for instance, the Is It Spells deck, I think, is a bad name for the Arclight Phoenix deck. Oh, because it's, like, so generic. And that you could call any deck with that's Is It Colors or Spells that. Right. So you and, should, like, yeah. the difference between this deck versus uh, Michael showed me a list earlier, and he's going to tell me who made it, uh, that was a Kiln Fiend deck. And yeah. there's the deck you're about to... Like, there's different versions of Is It Spells, and I, there's, like, Delver decks. And so Is It Spells seems so generic and doesn't tell you me anything about what I'm looking at. Right. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> I mean, that original Ponza deck from no, way back in the day. It, well, my point is that original deck should be called Ponza because that guy went to the pizza place and called that deck Ponza. This mm-hmm. deck isn't Ponza. Whoever came up with this deck should call it something else because then this deck can have its own identity. We called your deck Kessel Run. Well, I think, I think if the, I had done well with that deck, I think I the reason that it yeah, was called yeah. Kessel Run. I think the reason that they're, they're, they're similar is that that deck also basically was based off of a Utopia Sprawl-like card and then Stone Rain and Molten Rain. Like, it's it's those three cards were the key of the deck, and then everything else is just big red-green creatures. Yep. Um, but yeah, okay, fair, so fair So let me share this deck really quickly. Um, this is not a deck that I think is awesome. Uh, I think it's cool. I haven't played games with it yet. It's just on my phone. But it's a, this is a continuation of the deck that I built a while back and took to whatever the GP that I played in the trios with Ryan Sconard and Eric Wydetz was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the, this was the Life in the Loam Flame Jab deck with all of the you know uh, Thermo Alchemists and such. And so I had talked about bringing that deck back because I think the printing of Electrostatic Field is pretty cool for this. It being a 0-4 is, I think, a little more relevant than being a 0-3. doesn't die to Lightning Bolt. So I tried to go back to this deck and make it with Electrostatic Field and Arcoid Phoenix. What I found was black didn't serve the purpose that it used to, and so I ended up building a deck with four electrostatic field, one red, one colorless for a 0-4 defender wall. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, it deals one damage to each opponent. Four copies of Arcoid Phoenix, 
for Bedlam Reveler, because it's going to help me, you know, dump and refuel just mm -hmm. like the other decks do. And then tons of cool spells. So four looting, four bolt, four visions, four thought scour. The only green card in the deck, in the main deck, is four light from the loam. And then I'm playing four copies of Flame Jab. And the last card, which I think is spicy, is four copies of Pondrify. So you guys know that I love Pondrify. One blue, instant planner chaos, destroy target creature. Uh, that creature's controller puts a 3 3 green ape creature token into play. A couple reasons it's in here. Obviously, destroying one of their creatures, you have a 0 4 wall and a 3 4 Bedlam Reveler on the battlefield, so you don't really care about giving them a 3 power creature very much. Sure. Secondly, you can destroy your own Arclight Phoenix with it, get yourself a 3 3. It counts as one of the three spells necessary to get the Phoenix back. Uh, and then you play two more spells, you get Phoenix back, it attacks, and you're left with a 3 3. So I think Pongify. I personally think Pontify and its later reprinting of Rapid Hybridization are kind of underplayed cards. Um, I think they're really interesting cards. There's not that many spells for one mana at instant speed that say destroy target creature. Mm -hmm. There are some, and giving them a 3 3 is not nothing, but there aren't that well, many. And, and the fact that your two main threats being um, Arclight Phoenix and um, Bedlam Reveler play, well play well with it. Now, I think. Now that we've seen Arclight Phoenix decks kind of succeed and some of them doing well, I think that you want to really look at the deck that's just doing well. Because I, I think the the core idea of Life of the Loam and uh, Retrace and yeah. Arclight Phoenix and Bedlam Reveler all doing really well together is a strong concept. I think the idea of a random 0-4 wall that just pings them when you could do something like, I think honestly a thing of the ice in that slot is not a bad idea or something else that takes what you're doing and benefits off of it in the same way is other cards are doing. Zero four. Yeah. So then it plays well with Pondra. Right. So that might just be better. Yeah. Might be dead right. That could be that could be the one card that needs to swap out. Because um, I think like Loam with Flame Jab in a deck like this with Phoenix as a threat is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I, I like. I, th that's what I'm saying. I like. I like the core idea of Loam. Arclight Phoenix, Flame Jab, Bedlam Reveler. It like gives you basically like a second Arclight Phoenix. It gives you a second thing. Like and I've seen other people play in, in Mardu list with Lingering Souls because you need a, more than one thing to kind of take advantage of from the graveyard. Yeah. And that does that. It gives you kind of a, it gives you a little bit of a long game plan and you it like guarantees getting Arclight Phoenixes basically after turn Isn't five. Isn't Reveler with Loam just insane? Because because of the way it works, you can discard Loam to it and then and then draw one and then dredge, dredge it, it as one, one of the, the cards. Three. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's I think your awesome. deck is doing a lot of really powerful things. It's just how do you take advantage of it to the greatest extent? And which cards are you playing that n could be better cards? Um, yeah, so that's my, that was my first uh, brew. I haven't actually played games with it, but I think it's pretty fun. And Can 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 your dome... Uh, yeah, I was able to read it. That's, that's Jeff Roberts. <laughs> uh, mentioned Soulscar Mage in the board as an additional out to large creatures. I like Soulscar Mage a lot. I think that card it, is great. Because it lets you erase stuff with your retrace. Yeah, because, because it... Uh, Soulscar Mage is one red, I believe, for a one-two with uh, all damage, non-creature damage you control is has wither. I think is what it is. Yeah. Right. So if all, you, all all non like if you have a direct damage spell, it does a minus one minus one counter. Instead of so damage. lightning bolt is minus three minus three to a creature permanently, um, and that's and it also has prowess, so it gets bigger. Well, so, it's really good with the. He's saying it's really good with the retrace spell. Flame jab. Flame jab. Yeah, it yeah. just lets you go. It's particularly <laughs> insane. I mean, the only problem with the whole flame jab. It also has something. It does. It gets bigger. It, it has a. It has a. As prowess. Yeah, yeah. The only issue with the whole like flame jab um, loam engine, and I found this before, is that you're very disruptible to graveyard hate, and B, it's not doing enough with the rest of the deck that that's going to control the game all the way. That's that's why I'm saying something like a thing in the ice where you permanently will basically wipe their board 
And like one of the negatives of thinking of the ice is it bounces your stuff too, I believe. Uh, and with Arclight Phoenix and Bedlam Reveler, that's actually a strength, not a negative. And you end up being fast with it. So you have a thread in play that's not like, oh, I need to keep retracing stuff. Once you flip it, you now have a 7-8 that's just going to get in there and it's, start doing damage. It's possible Young Pyromancer is the better card in that slot instead I've, of thinking So the I've ice. heard that Young Pyromancer is bad right now. Interesting. Interesting. Like I have, I have not, I cannot prove that is true, but I've heard that, and I think as a sideboard card, switching those out for each other, uh, or just putting Young Pyromancer in instead of other parts of your deck, if you want to become less graveyard centric, isn't a bad idea. But I, I've heard that those one one tokens aren't that beneficial in this format. Where like, one of the things I like about it is that your Pondify targeting one of the one ones makes another one one and a three three. So it's it's another way to take advantage of your Pondrify in a I'm going to crack back with more damage than you can handle kind of a way. Yeah, I think the issue is more that just like things on the ground don't do anything. Like a, no. a bunch of you're like you're a deck that's trying to do big swings and do a bunch of damage to them, and that's a card that wants you to kind of be a slow grindy deck that slowly kills them. Actually, now that I think about it, again, I think we're going to move on from this idea because I don't know if it's any good. But don't you think that actually that's really good? Doesn't it mean just Pondrify is just a one mana four power instant end of turn? Do you sure. have a Pyromancer? You no, just turn I, I one think, of the one yeah, ones think, into... And maybe the answer is just play both. Like you play something that has some yeah. on Pyromancers. Like I think you need more threats in this deck anyways that isn't a zero four wall that does one damage every turn. So um, other than that, uh, let's move on to our next brew. Yeah, next brew. Um... This is you. You have all the brews. Oh, okay. I do. I have one from... I, yeah, I unless a, you want to just keep talking about Arclight Phoenix decks. No, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that card is... That deck is sweet. Um, the other brew that I want to talk about here, it's another blue-red deck. This one is from Brian R. Uh, Brian is the host of the MTG Cold Brew podcast, in which he takes a card that he thinks is bad, or the world thinks is bad, and tries to brew and talk about it on the show, and... Um, yeah, he's a friend of the show. I got to meet him and hang out with him at um, GP Texas, sure. San Antonio, last year the team won. And so he sent this list to me this morning on Twitter, and I think it's really cool. Um, the heart of the deck is that it's playing four Pyromancer Ascension and four the Flame of Keld. Most of you guys are probably pretty familiar with Pyromancer Ascension. It's the one that once you get a certain number of counters on it, it copies your spells that are in your graveyard. Um, Flame of Keld, on the other hand, is a saga. It's one red, one colorless. It's, a, it's an uncommon, and... The first ability is discard your hand. The second ability is draw two cards. And once the third ability hits, it says if a red source would deal damage to a permanent or player this turn, it deals that much damage plus two to that player or permanent instead. To go alongside that, you are playing 18 lands, just a straight blue-red simple mana base, four Ancestral Vision, four Faithless Looting, four Lava Spike, one Flame Jab, four Gut Shot, one Is It Charm, four Lightning Bolt, four Mana Morphos, Four Thought Scour, and finally, the Guild of Ravnica card, four Mission Briefing. It's the Surveil 2, yeah. and then you get a Snapcaster effect out of your graveyard. This deck is all spells, and it's so turbo. Like, the, I think the turn one, the, the, uh, the turn one Ancestral Vision, turn two, either Pyromancer Ascension or Flame of Keld, is probably your ideal setup to win on turn four. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think... I think this takes advantage of mission briefing in a way that's really interesting because, yeah. like, this is the type of deck that you want to be able to sh cast spells multiple times. And, like, mission briefing, both A, can target itself so you get that trigger off of it, but B, lets you kind of, on turn four, any one drop you have, you get two casts off of it, which is good. Uh, to, to actually clarify that, your, your, your Ancestral is not going to come off till turn five, so you actually wouldn't win the game on turn four. It's probably setting up a turn five win, but that just refills or you win. Well, but you need... So, like, you want really your turn three and turn four to turn... Um, um, 
Pyromancer Ascension on. Yes. So so your turn five is normally in those types of deck when you win. Anyway, Storm, it was the same way. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, because I guess Flame of Kel, you don't want to play on turn two because then you're discarding your hand on turn three. Yeah. That seems bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you play a little later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to get Pyromancer Ascension down as soon as you can, and then everything else is kind of playing on that game plan. Um, no, I, I like the deck. I, I think I think Pyromancer Ascension has always been a powerful card since Cataxian Probe was banned. It's kind of fallen out a little bit of a favor. Yeah. Um, and definitely not played in Storm. It's been replaced by Baral, basically. But the long term of it in the format is always going to be powerful. I remember back... When it was in standard, there was the the time walk decks that you would take basically infinite turns by yes. and kill them with lightning bolts because you would just be able to take like six turns in a row off that of was a standard. That was a standard deck, yeah. Because there was multiple extra turn cards. There's just the there was the five mana one, and it just was good enough. Oh yeah, uh, time time warp. Yeah, time warp. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So yeah. that's the second deck here. Do you have any other cool brews you want to talk about? I, there are other decks that people brought on, but kind of they don't have any RGR cards. So RGR. GRN. GRN. There you go. See? Return to Guilds of Ravnica. <laughs> yeah. Set number four. We're going we're gonna to come back. What's the next set called again? Uh, the Nets. Ravnica Alliance. Ravnica Alliance. Ravnica Alliance. It, they really messed up oh, everything. Allegiance. Oh, I Alexed it. <laughs> Ravnica Allegiance. Oh, my God. Ravnica Allegiance. We're saying that in the microphone in case you didn't hear it. People on the microphone. But um, if you spend time with Alex, you become more successful and more dyslexic both at the same time. It's my <laughs> it's my main move, <laughs> along with this thing, which yeah. apparently is my main move in, in the, life. The robot move. The robot move. It's, strong uh, strong it's move. really annoying that it's G because. So for those who don't know, the original Ravnica set was the first set started with an R, the second set started with a G, the third set started with an N, the second set, the first set started with an R, second set started with a G, the th a D, D, not N. Did you realize this? Tempest of Thought is telling us thing in the ice doesn't bounce better than Revel because it's a horror. I didn't realize that. I thought you were getting oh. value out of Reveler by replaying it again. No, that's better. I would yeah. rather not play it again and keep it in play. That's so It's non-horror cards. That's, that's such so a random good. tribal interaction. Hunted horror anyone? I love random tribal interactions where people like have trinket text, but then it's relevant. Like, so like in standard when Baneslayer Angel was the first time around, and you were like, oh, I can like defeat it with this other bit. No, nope, it's a dragon. So is there, <laughs> is there a version of this that could be playing? Hunter versus Baneslayer yeah. Yep. Is there a version of this that could be playing Hunted Horror alongside it? Uh, sure. Right? Sick? With, like, Vapor Snags to get rid of the tokens? Like, Thing know. in the Ice in that, maybe. I don't think Hunted Horror belongs in an arc like Phoenix Oh, my God. Does. Wait, that's so... It bounces all other creatures. But horrors. So it doesn't bounce the horror, but it bounces the tokens you give them? Correct. That's a real thing. I'm not kidding anymore. Is hunted it a horror, real thing? <laughs> hunted it's a horror thing. alongside real Thing in strong. the Ice <laughs> and Bedlam Reveler, you're getting a 7-7 seven, seven for two. So then you, like, turn three. I guess you don't have any free spells to just, like, get rid of the three threes right away. But the three threes then get blocked mm -hmm. by your three four Bedlam Reveler and yeah. your thing in the ice. Yeah. That's so uh, good. Is there, there's got to be a tribal bounce card. I know the new one is that, but it's X, which doesn't work here. There's not, like, a choose a tribe or choose something all with the same name. You bounce all yeah, of them. Yeah, there, yeah, there is. is. There's It's, in, it's, it's uh, there's, Echoing Truth. Yeah, Echoing Truth. You can play Echoing Truth. I've played Echoing Truth in the past in the Haunted Hordex. No, I just, this is, like, a legitimate on-the-show thing I just realized. If you actually can play those three cards and, 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 and Pondrify, because, because it makes a 3-3 three, three, and everything in your deck can block a 3-3 three, three favorably, you don't care, and your thing in the ice bounces all the tokens, but none of your creatures, mm -hmm. I, don't even need, I don't even know if you need Arclight Phoenix in this deck. This deck might just No, no, be, no, no, this isn't an Arclight Phoenix deck. This, this is, is a deck that is doing a thing. I don't know how Grixis, good of a thing. Grixis Horrors? Yeah. This is so Seriously, sick. You could get away with like a Cavern of Soul if you wanted to. I can't tell if Michael's uh, smile over there is that he thinks this is absurd or if he's excited. 
This is the deck. This is the deck I'm building. I think he's excited because this is the magic of this podcast. Is you realizing oh. that these three cards that are semi-okay are okay together? <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting and like obviously faithless looting like you maybe play claim fame in this deck because why not because it's why? Nexus and awesome does it you doesn't get, get you can put your horror into play oh hunted horror is you can put your and you can put your thing in the ice back in you can't get your bedlam reveler back but you, you can you, give it plus three plus zero and haste yeah. Plus two plus zero and haste i think yeah fine. um there you go jeff roberts is in let the brewing begin um yes modern horror tribal Plus two and zero, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a giant version behind us. Yeah, cool. Strong. Uh, yeah, that's that's my next deck. Great. I cool. just built it. We've talked about two of the cards behind us. Night of the Autumn. I like almost talked about the green-blue merfolk when we were talking about collect company merfolk. Not a thing. <laughs> I have to tell you that that green-blue merfolk... Disappointing? It is. Yeah. It's, I've, I, like, so this it's just going into green is not good enough. So this will be my Highlander corner because I actually won a foil Night of Autumn over the weekend. Um, we do these Highlander roulette tournaments. It's like 100 cards. Is that a new segment we're starting, Highlander corner? I feel like we can have a better name than corner okay. that's Highlander related. You think, you think about it, and I'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, we played in this tournament, and it's six decks, 100 cards, random, one card per. You can't play more than one copy between your 600, and only foils are legal. Anyway, this every single one has like basically a, a themed set of prizes. Mm-hmm. So this time it was foils from Guilds of Ravnica. Mm-hmm. So first place was foil Assassin's Trophy, then Doom Whisperer. Um, I got third, and I took a foil Knight of Autumn. I probably could have taken Aurelia. Mm-hmm. The red-white card was actually probably the third pick, but I know I'll play this. Um, but anyway, that was a lot of fun. And one of the decks I play is, <laughs> it sounds horrible. Are you proud of yourself? That was Ben. Uh, no, that, no was that was Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've had this, like, I had this Mono Blue Merfolk deck that was playing all the bad free counter spells for a long time. It was, like, super fun. It played Thwart. It played Foil. It played, obviously, Days and, and Force. It played Misdirection. I mean, I literally tried to play every free card I could. Currently, it's playing Snapback. I even considered Tidal War at one point. This is every bad return an island or like d- pitch a card to do something effect I could come up with. Mm-hmm. And it used to win a lot. The Merfolk deck. Yeah. yeah. I made it blue-green at one point because I could, I could accommodate blue-green because I didn't have any other blue-green decks. Mistbinder mm-hmm. was the card that I was like, this I, I get another two-mana lore. Mm-hmm. Were you playing Collected Company in another deck at that point anyways? No. So, so it's good in the company, deck. Yeah. I got the new Branch Walker. Sure. Right? I even tried Jaylight Ranger even though I think going double green is a little hard. And the deck is so much worse. The power is so much higher, but the deck is so much worse, and I can't figure out why. And I have to tell you, the difference in Island Walk and no Island Walk on Mistbinder is so significant when sure. you're trying to push. Sure. It's crazy. I yeah. can't believe how disappointing that card is. Like, I would never have expected. And in the end... I'm disappointed in it like a father is disappointed yeah. in his child. And don't you agree that in Modern, in the end, the blue-green decks just weren't as good? Well, Merfolk like, hasn't been a thing since then, so I don't know if it's the blue-green issue or if just Merfolk is badly positioned in this so format weird. and Humans is a better version of it. Yeah. Uh, Highlander Hideout. Wait. Uh, Jeff Roberts says, boys, you really need to check out some of the interactions in the list I sent. I've got a 4-0 with a two-week straight. It's super sweet. Can we look at Jeff Roberts' list really quickly before we wrap up? Uh, Jeff Roberts, can you tell me what the list's title is so that I know which one I'm looking at because I'm looking at like four different lists and, and none of them have people's Alex names on them. And while Alex is looking it up. Oh, um, no, no, but you didn't react to my name for the segment. What was it? The Highlander Hideout. I'll take it. Yeah. 100%. I would be really happy about that. The Highlander Hideout. And then Michael like just dropped pun game on us and I got distracted. Uh, <laughs> you guys have just, we've just left the Highlander Hideout. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah, um, we just left the Highlander Hideout. Quick, quickly before. Uh, treehouse. 
quickly the, before Alex that apparently uh, does not exist because Jeff's list, we're gonna do a couple of shout outs. The first one exist. is that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the MMcast. That is how we continue to expand the show. We would love to continue doing more cool things, and that's how we're gonna do them. Um, the camera that we are recording on that you guys are seeing us on. It's because of the Patreon, and we need to be able to continue upping the show because with our schedules, it's been difficult for us to be here and accommodate all the expansions that we want. So please, guys, help us out. Patreon.com slash the MM cast um, would be awesome. Other than that, we already talked about Twitter. We already talked about YouTube. There is Jimmy and Josh, our buddies. They started a show called The Command Zone. And, and now Josh is a show called Game Nights. And Josh is now the herald of that. Yes, Jimmy is off Jimmy the world is, gallivanting. is a Mulan character. Yeah, he's in Mulan. And uh, yeah, the check them out though. Also, uh, actually, both of them got really fit. They's They're like doing good. Is Josh really fit. Now? Yeah, he got jacked. Yeah, he's got he's got got some guns. Nice. Way to go, Josh. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. So this is the deck from Candor Dome. Uh, it takes advantage of the card Core Tapper, which is a two-drop artifact. Oh, I know mirror all about Core Tapper. That uh, is a one-one. You can tap it to put a charge counter on target artifact, or you may sacrifice it to put two charge counters on target artifact. First of all, I haven't even seen the list, but I'm in, Jeff. It's playing, playing Walking Ballista. Playing three Glenelendra Archmage, one Tezzeret the Seeker, two War of Invention, another War of Invention deck. That's a card that I think people should pick up. Uh, it's playing three copies of the Artificer's War. The Artificer's War? Yeah, or, sorry, Antiquities War. Uh, Antiquities look War. at the top. I can't read it. It's too far away. Is this the one, the Antiquities War? This is the Tezzeret card. It's this is. Look at the top five cards of your library. You can reveal an artifact card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the other on the bottom. So basically, look at the top five cards of your library, find an artifact, and then the bottom one is everything becomes a five-five and attacks. Yeah, this is a com. It's like a four mana. It's a four mana saga that's basically a combination of Tezzeret Agent of Bolas and Tezzeret the Seeker. Yeah, like does both things. Um, that's sweet. This card is yeah, exactly. Power Conduit is the biggest power card. God, I, it's th- playing Ancestral Corp- Cornucopia, Everflowing Chalice, Mox Opals, Surge Nodes, Surge Energy Nodes, Chamber, Power Conduit, Ensnaring Bridge. Magister's Scepter, and Mimic Bat. I have tried to build... I have tried to build so many decks using the cards you're using here, Jeff. I can't even tell you the number of bad versions of this that I have on my phone that never got anywhere close to the genius that you just presented us with. Got it. So it's got... Magister's Scepter lets you uh, take extra turns. Um, You perhaps should up the brightness on your computer. I also like need glasses, but uh, oh, there we go. That helps a lot. Put a charge <laughs> counter on target artifact. Put a plus one, plus one counter. It lets you put more charge counters. I'm trying to th- see how it kills people, though. Uh, Ballista, right? Oh, okay. Just put it, oh, and puts plus one, plus one counters with those. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's Into moving it. all your charge counters yeah, yeah, yeah. plus one, plus one counters to Ballista. Yep. Sweet, got it. This deck is awesome. This is like playing so many cards that I'm into. And you can lock Um, people up with Galendra. Takes infinite turns, goes infinite with Mimic Bat plus Core Tapper. Okay, that makes sense. So you sack the Core Tapper, right? And then you get to put a copy of it, and then you... That's how it works, and you get to untap the thing. Something lets you untap with charge counters? I don't know. The list is not in front of me. It's in front of you. But it sounds like there's some sort of... There's some sort of plus one, plus one counter. It just puts three counters on Magister's Scepter, and then you tap Magister's Scepter. That's what it is. Yeah. Got it. Because it has a... So you tap it, sack it, tap it, sack it. Got it. And and with Ensnaring Bridge and on your Ballista, you have some amount of control. Yeah, this looks really sweet, man. This looks really, really fun. Cool. But Um, zero... Guilds of Ravnica cards. He's playing both Power Conduit and Core Tapper in the same deck, and it's working. I, he doesn't need GRN. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I am so in. He could have just, like, sneak in on the sideboard the, like, black-white, the black-blue Ponder card. I'd like you to know, Jeff, that I own a Foil Core Tapper and a Foil Power Conduit because I have tried this before, and I got Discovery. so excited. What? I remember what the card was called. It's Discovery. Yeah. So. He could have played that on the sideboard just to mm. make us happy. Okay. I just um, playing cards from Dominaria, though. 
Perfect. So, Jeff Roberts, that's that's going to wrap up uh, Hideout, the uh, Highlander Hideout, and also our Bruce segment. We're going to talk quickly before we wrap up here about winners and losers. Winners and losers from Return to Gravnica. <laughs> did you just say return to Gravnica? I did. <laughs> What's the matter with you, son? <laughs> um, winners and losers so far. The winners, Arclight Phoenix, Creeping Chill, Night of Autumn, top three. Then after that, you get into... I said all those right. No, I said Night of Autumn. I said Night of Autumn. I didn't say Night of the Autumn. I read it correctly. This is your Today is your magnus opus of mispronunciation. <laughs> I've never, ever seen you do it so well. I'm a headache. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, after that, I think those are the big three winners. Would you Would you agree? Uh, Night of Autumn. Arclight Phoenix and Cre- Creeping Chill. It seems that way. Definitely. Definitely Creeping Chill and Arclight Phoenix are the, the hot cards. Night of Autumn is like a winner in the sense that... Well, I think Creeping Chill and Night of Autumn have actual placement. Night, Arclight Phoenix got one top six, 16. Like, those other two are showing up in multiple decks in a top eight plus multiple... Mul- I mean, Creeping Chill is the easiest, biggest winner of the entire set. Creeping Chill is an awesome card because it makes a great deck better. Um, Night of Autumn is a card that you knew was going to see play in sideboards because it's, there's nothing that does what it's doing better. But Arclight Phoenix is the heart of a new deck, which is... it's a It's like... You can build a deck because you have this card, mm-hmm. and that to me is like why I would say that card to me feels like the biggest winner. It's also the card; it's a mythic that went from two dollars to seventeen dollars in a couple days. So obviously, it's very much on people's minds. You're sure. going to see a lot of Arclight Phoenixes coming up here. Uh, next, uh, my biggest disappointment. Oh damn it! I I said Magnus Opus, and somebody just told me it's Magnum Opus. Ha! You're the Bane of my... <laughs> <laughs> uh, biggest disappointment to me is actually Assassin's Trophy. I like yeah. it is showing up in sideboards or like you know there is a, some green black decks. I think part of that is just like the format is so hostile to green black decks right now that even having Assassin's Trophy isn't going to do a lot. It's like I mean Dredge is a bad matchup for Junt and or Junk and the fact that it became the best deck in the format or if not the second best deck in the format is bad news for a deck trying to, like, I assassinate Assassin's Trophy you. So here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. I talked about this when we... when we. So, yeah, I agree. Assassin's Trophy has been the card that should have been the slam dunk. Like, when we talk about Knight of Autumn fitting into sideboards, mm-hmm. Assassin's Trophy should be the three of or two of in mm-hmm. every black-green deck. Like, no question. Mm-hmm. And some four of. I talked about when we did the show, uh, the review of that card, this, like, Leon and Arbiter kind of deck that takes advantage of people not playing enough basics mm-hmm. and or not being able to search. So talk to me about this. What if you're basically playing Rock Hate Bears with four Arbiter and what's the other best ability that doesn't allow them to search? It's it's uh, the Flyer. Um, mind Sensor. Another preview card of the cast. Yes. Four Mind <laughs> Sensor, four Arbiter. You play like six Hand Disruption spells, a Rock Mana Base with no Fetch Lance because you don't want to run into your own thing. So that's hard to do. It's doable. I mean, it just you play less maybe. But you're playing four no, you assassins. Can't, you cannot play fetch lands. We, we went through this that one time. Fetch lands and Leonard Arbiter cannot be in the same deck. So you just okay. I think you will just like oh I lose, and if you're a tournament, and oh I lose for an entire day is like a big oh I lose. I still think you can probably do this deck, and you probably play Bird of Paradise on turn one, so you can get turn two Arbiter. Okay. But, or uh, turn two Mind Sensor. But you're playing four Path, four Assassin's Trophy. Four Ghost Quarter as a, in the spell slot. I guess, like, I don't know if Assassin's Trophy really adds that much more to a deck that's already good with just Ghost Quarter and Path. I mean, you just, like, think, like, humans have well, no well, game against you well, at all. That deck doesn't, like, need Assassin's Trophy. It's already okay. Oh, like, you're saying, like, this, this is basically, like, a slightly worse version of the of Green like Wire. Eldrazi, Tron, or Hate Bears decks. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like you adding, you adding, gr- making your mana base so much worse that you will lose games multiple times in a tournament because your mana base is bad to get, like, four extra copies of Path. 
Maybe. <laughs> it seems interesting, but I'll, uh, I'll build uh, the horrors deck first. I like. I almost like the idea more of just like using those four cards to overrun how many basics they're running. Just to like, eventually they start not. They just don't have any basics left. Like just My play path, ghost quarter, and assassin's trophy in a classic junk deck. And the third time you activate one of those cards, they just won't have any more basics in their deck. Is a maybe. I maybe. was thinking. What, what I actually was thinking is rather than loam, what I think I would do is I would play. Um, Remanap Excavator, the 2-3 three for 3, the Crucible creature. Sure. And I would try to actually have him as a threat as you make it yeah. impossible for them to ever play a land again. Right. Like that's that's more... Them out. Like, eventually you get rid of the basics in their deck, and yeah. ha having the maximum of these cards lets you do that. That's more likely going to be good than a Leon and Arbor version. Um, especially if you play Loam, because then you have fetches that you can go off with. Uh, so those are the winners. Those are the big winners and the one big disappointment to me. These are cards that I think we need to keep our eye on. Mission Briefing? You mentioned it earlier. I thought it, it's a little bit of a disappointment. I almost had it in the disappointment category, but also like half the world was not on board with it. It's not like Assassin's Trophy where every person on the internet was like, that card. Kind of like Night of the Autumn is in that world. Like if Night of the Autumn wasn't in multiple decks in the top eight this last weekend, it would be a disappointment, but it is, unlike Assassin's Trophy. Yep. Um, missions briefing, everyone was kind of like, like you were on board of this card is not that good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's fine. Experimental Frenzy is want, another card. I want to keep Kyle Rosales in the chat here to know that when he tells me I love Pondrify, I love you, Kyle. Um, Experimental Frenzy is something that's really exciting. I think like it, yeah. it's being seen a ton of play in Standard. A lot of people are talking about seeing play in Modern and Zoo decks. I've also seen Grixis lists. I've also seen lists that are playing out of the graveyard, so kind of Dredge-esque decks, so that being able to drop the top of your deck is good enough to be able to do it. And then the cards that you put in your graveyard are better because um, you can... Access them. Uh, Nullhide Ferox has started seeing some sideboard play. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Runaway Steamkin is a big one. Uh, I, I almost had this in the winners list. Actually, every card I'm going to say from now on was in my winners list, and I put it in the you, seems to be one day we'll see it list. Right. Kim's things, blah, blah, blah. Things to look out for list. Um, Runaway Steamkin is obviously kicking butt in standard, yeah, and I think it, really it's going to very quickly become a thing in, in modern. Yep. Uh, Jerry... T. T said it right. <laughs> uh, it, list for Arclight Phoenix had experimental frenzy. He is. What did I, did I say wrong? Arclight Phoenix? Oh, the fact you said Jerry winked and snapped at me <laughs> before you said his last name is amazing. <laughs> You're laughing from five minutes ago. Okay, so Runaway Steamkin, yeah. good there. Uh, Pell Collector, obviously another card that we talked yeah, about previously, yeah, really is good. starting to see play in Zoo decks. Zoo, I think, is having a big comeback or has is, is set to have a big comeback. Yep. Uh, Discovery Dispersal is already started seeing play in both Goryeo's Vengeance decks and... Um, um, Living Index, yep, and the fact that it's a Living End card that lets you kind of find the things you need without being able to, you don't cascade into it is really good, um, and then the fact that it's a Ponder-like card that lets you mill cards into your graveyard in Goryeo's Vengeance decks is also really powerful. Absolutely, um, Black gets access to card selection, which is yeah, really yeah, just, you can play Mono Black with with a semi-mediocre preordain. Exactly. Uh, and then last and least. <laughs> Risk factor. <laughs> Card's dope. Card's dope. Uh, yeah, it ends up that that this is a card type that if you have multiples of, it makes them the second and third and fourth get better, better, and better. And every single one of these you draw is two of them is really good. I mean, it's just like, think about it for a second. Like, at the base level, you start with 20 life. In modern, by the time you've played two of these, your opponent will very likely have paid four between a fetch, a shock kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Which means... If you play Risk Factor twice, you're forcing them to let you draw cards because they'll die otherwise. Right. 
No, so I get it. I get I get it now. In terms of math, it's just like it is really good. The incidental value of having this card available to you and the fact that it's an instant is so powerful. Yeah. Um, totally. I, I like this card a lot. I think it's I think it's very good. Cool. That's it. That's that's the last that's segment. That's the show. That'll wrap us up. Uh, so uh, make sure to check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Make sure to uh, keep an eye out for the live stream. So on Twitter or Facebook, that's when we post more about the live stream. Also, make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you're watching this video on YouTube right now. If you're watching the live stream right now or you're listening on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. Uh, make sure to comment uh, what car you're most excited to play with in modern out of RGN. Uh, make sure to also comment your favorite thing I've said wrong this episode. Uh, I would love to hear that. I, I, I'd like to add something in really quickly, actually. It's a quick, kind of a quick shout-out, something I'd like to address. Um, on the Facebook group, one of our fans... Somebody uh, pointed out that there was a Reddit thread discussing the content of the podcast recently. Alex and I read through it. Um, it is a lot of discussion on there about the nature of the show, what we talk about. A couple things to clarify. Alex and I have been doing the show for four years. We love modern. We've always loved modern. Neither of us has ever been somebody who's a pro. Uh, we don't travel to play on pro tours. We come up with modern ideas. We talk about them. We call each other throughout the week, and we follow results. That's the way the show's always been, and we want to continue doing that. Now... In the old days, when we had more time, we brought a few more guests on. We'd like to bring more guests. It's a fun way for us to talk about mm -hmm. what's going on in the world and, and bring on Magic Pros. What I'd like to ask you guys who are listening to this, who are big fans of the show and have, have stuck around for a long time, comment. Leave, leave your thoughts in the comments below. An iTunes review. Let us know that we're doing a good job and you like it. I'm all about constructive criticism because there was a lot of comments on that Facebook thread and on that Reddit thread that were really helpful. Like, Actually, really, really nice things to hear. People saying, this is what I like about the show. I used to like this. I'd like to see more of this. We pay attention to that stuff. It's very helpful for us to make sure the show is better. So uh, we want you guys to know that if you are hearing this and you've stuck around through the issues you've had, we are always working to get better at the show, and we want to continue getting better with the show. And we are listening, and we are watching. So, um, yeah, thank you for supporting us yep. and, and getting us. We're going to be at episode 200 before we know it. We're around the corner. It's like yeah. a couple yeah, yeah, months yeah. away. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to, you know, do better and Man. better as we go forward, and, and thanks for the support. So, surprise brew. Oh. <laughs> Someone actually sent one in that is, like, mostly cards from RGN, so I feel like we should mention it. It's a Eternal Abzan by Lurg. His Twitter handle is also Lurg, Armchair Robot. Okay. At uh, Armchair Robot. It's playing four Glow Spore Shaman, four Tarmogoy, four Eternal <laughs> Witness, three Knight of Autumn, one Plague Crafter. Three Restoration Angel, one Shriek Maw, two Liliana of the Last Hope, four Thoughtseize, two Assassin's Trophy, one Collective Brutality, three Grapple with the Past. That's the put two, the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, and then you make get a creature or land card from your graveyard to your hand. Two Find Finality. That's the new uh, hybrid uh, rare Golgari card that's you know black-green hybrid for the first one, and then you get to put two cards from your, your graveyard into your hand, two creatures, and then the other one is a board wipe. Uh, minus four, minus four to everything, but you also get to put two plus one, plus one counters on... <laughs> Reading cards. A sideways. single creature you control. It's sideways. I had to look at it. And then Aether Vial. So this is like all cards. This is, I think, right now there's four, seven, eight, ten... 12 plus Overground Tomb, uh, 15 cards from RGN. Sick. And, and it's playing Glow Spore Shaman, which I could is. be happier about. Yes, I thought you'd be excited. That's why I wanted to make sure we got it. It does have a cool thing. Restoration Angel is really good with cards like Shriekmok because you can kill a thing and then bounce it so it gets to stay around. So for six mana, you get to kill a thing and get a lot of evasion, six power of evasion. Um, yeah, it's good. I like it. Excellent. Cool deck list.
Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. Um, all the love in the world to Alex and his mispronunciation. It's uh, one of my favorites on the show. And this was, uh, this was a highlight of the show today. We're the only really podcast special. in the world where it features <laughs> that we don't say things correctly. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Uh, bye, everybody. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.